Welcome to A Coach's Spirit with Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. A good coach sets up a good drive and keeps the momentum and energy flowing among the team itself and ultimately the fans. In this program, we speak to the coaches to find out more about strategy, influences, and their motivation to lead well. Now, here are your hosts, Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. Coming to you from New York City. This is a Coach's Spirit, hosted by Special Spectators. I'm Blake Rockwell, founder and executive director of Special Spectators. And I'm Kendall Allen, also of Team Special Spectators. Hey, we've had great friends in the University of Oklahoma Athletic Department, folks who really embrace our program. And today's guest is a perfect example of that. OU women's basketball head coach, Sherry Cole, just completed her 21st season at OU, her 18th consecutive year. In the NCAA tournament, we welcome Hall of Fame coach Sherry Cole to A Coach's Spirit. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. All right. Well, we are so excited to have you on the show. We're mixing it up a little bit, and your presence definitely reflects that. Our previous guests were all football coaches. Their background and experience were all a bit different, but none of them, absolutely none of them, have had the incredible rise to college coaching like you have experienced. Before we get to that, Tell us a little bit about how you decided to be a coach in the first place. Oh, it was easy. Um, when I went <laughs> to college, I thought, um, what do I want to do? Well, I don't want to be without a basketball. I, I felt like it was a part of my body. It just grew out the end of my hand. I couldn't imagine not being in a gym. And um, the, easily the most influential people in my life outside of my uh, immediate family were my teachers and my coaches. And I could rattle off their names real quickly and would have a host of memories that accompany that flood over me. They were very, very impactful in forming my life at that time at 18 years old. And so I went to college and I was one of those rare kids that never changed my mind. I pursued an, uh, a major in in English education, I wanted to teach English and, and coach, and that's exactly what I graduated with and did for a while before strictly coaching at the collegiate level for the last couple of decades. Well, you mentioned those names and those forces, which would bring us to our next question. We would actually love to hear about some of those, those great coaching influences on you as a player and then certainly in your early years as a coach. Some of the folks you'd like to mention and maybe, you know, share a few stories from those times. Well, the the most uh, the one that comes to mind first is was my fifth grade basketball coach. Her name was Mary Patton, and wow. she was my fifth grade English teacher and basketball coach. I grew up in a small town in rural Oklahoma, and um, she was married and had two kids, and um, was just kind of. I thought I looked at her and thought that's what I want my life to look like someday. I was a little kid, and I just thought this is a really cool lady. As fate would have it. She actually moved up and became the high school coach at my high school when I transitioned up as a freshman. I think she became the high school coach, and so I ended up playing for her throughout high school. And I remember vividly when, when you ask about a specific story, I remember this as clear as if it happened yesterday. I was going to her, afternoon, to her house on a Sunday afternoon. I always went to the gym after church. After we had our family lunch, I would go to the gym and shoot and work out. I would always go to Miss Patton's house and get the keys to the gym. Small town, mind you. So I went to her house to pick up the keys, knocked on the front door, and um, she had a legal pad in her hand. And you're going to think I'm lying here because this is like so stereotypical, but it's true. She had an apron on, and she had a legal pad in her hand. And we were at um, just before playoffs, and, and she had been on the phone, and 
figuring out who we were maybe going to play in the regional playoffs of our season. And so she's telling me about the small town in Oklahoma that I'd never heard of that we could very easily play. They were across the state. And she's telling me what, who they have, like a little mini scouting report. And then she says to me, oh, excuse me, I got a cake in the oven. I'm not making this up, I swear. <laughs> she goes to the kitchen, takes the cake out of the oven, comes back. We talk about the scouting report. I go to the gym and do my workout. I remember that, I think, because it represented to me a very full life, a a life that was very balanced and full and real, and I wanted to have a life like that. And so I I always thank uh, Mrs. Patton, she's still Mrs. Patton to me uh, to this day, uh, for providing that, that real model of what real life looked like. And then I was super lucky. I went to college at Oklahoma Christian College, played for a remarkable lady named Stephanie Finley, and the the men's coach at Oklahoma Christian was Dan Hayes. He was in his first year uh, taking over the men's program that had been ultra successful and had fallen on a couple of difficult years. And I got the unique opportunity to watch him build the program at Oklahoma Christian. And when I look back on that, you know, how – I couldn't have I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity than the one I had, which was I would go through our practices, and then I would go get a big jug of water and a legal pad, sit down on the floor, and watch coach coach his men's practice. And so when I left college, I had this drill box full of index cards of drills for different sorts of fundamentals. I had literally a legal pad per season in the progression of him building that program at Oklahoma Christian. I knew I wanted to coach. I never knew what kind of situation I would take over. As a young professional out of college, two years as an assistant coach at Edmond High School, I got the opportunity to come to Norman as the head basketball coach. It was a program in dire need of resurrection. Well, I took the blueprint that I had made by watching Coach Hayes for four years and applied it to Norman High. We got that thing going in 1996. I had the opportunity to come here, and I pulled out the blueprint and used it again at the University of Oklahoma. So in hindsight, you know, I guess the lesson I take away from that is pay attention wherever you are because you have no idea. While I was recruiting it or while I was coaching it at Norman High School, a lot of my players were very talented and they got recruited. Well, I kept a lot of the mail, um, the stuff that made sense and the stuff that was dumb and didn't make any sense. And I paid attention at the when the coaches came in and had visits with our players and we liked this and we didn't like that and this worked and that didn't work. And I never had any idea I was going to be a college coach. I became a college coach and I thought, you know what, I've never recruited, but I know a lot about it because I've sat through it a bunch. So I guess the, the moral there is just paying attention wherever you are, being aware because uh, you never know when or, or how it's going to help you in the future. Well, our listeners are going to think that we practiced this interview because this is a perfect segue into my <laughs> next question. And and I'm going to give my listeners, just give me a, a minute because I need to draw some parallels for our listeners. And that is when you arrived at Norman High School, first year there, you went 11 and 12 in 1990, eventually won two Class 6A state championships and finished the last two seasons there with a combined record of 53 and 2. Pretty impressive. Your first season at OU in the 96-97 season, the team went 5-22, and and by your sixth season, you were playing in the national championship game. So my question was, 
or is, did you apply the same approach? What, what was that pr- approach? What was that philosophy of coaching or building a culture there at both schools when you arrived at both Norman High School and at OU? Yeah, the answer is it was very, very similar because it started with what do we value? What are, what are the most important things? And then now we're going to make the most important things the most important things all the time. So that was uh, pretty straightforward. And those core values or principles, and that's become so vogue now. At the time, I don't even think that we knew to call them core values. These were just uh, things that we believed in that were going to be identifying traits of our program. At Norman High School, for example, it was um, we're, we're going to take care of our schoolwork and, and we're going to turn in papers on time and on game days we're going to dress like it's a big deal because it's a big deal. So we dressed up on game days. Well, we were one of the largest schools, the second largest school in the state of Oklahoma at the time, so it's a big place, and suddenly the 15 girls that play women's basketball have on skirts, and they're all dressed up on Friday, and people are like, what is happening? Um, It was little things like that that we were going to respect ourselves first and take very seriously what we did, and then other people would in turn respect us and uh, appreciate the way that we performed. And so it was it was about the program as a whole, but it was also in both cases about how we competed and the things that we honored, the things that we rewarded uh, were less about the result and more about the process. At my first year at Oklahoma, I remember celebrating internally in terms of the team, celebrating this is a victory, we're going to stop and mark it in January because we had learned how to go two hours in the intense manner in which we should practice. We've been practicing since August. It was January before we figured out how to go for two hours in the way we were supposed to go, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And we celebrated it. We were 5-22. and 22. There wasn't a whole lot of celebrating going on, I promise you. But that internal... Uh, private victory preceded the public ones, and we celebrated those things. We honored guys who took charges. We pointed to the guy who passed us the ball when we scored. We dove on the floor after loose balls. Those were the kinds of things we we statted and drew attention to and thus rewarded within our program. And it's on that foundation that we were able to build and achieve the ultimate success. What, what are some other hallmarks of the culture that you have created there at OU? Well, obviously, um, uh, selflessness is uh, one of our core values and our our principles. Um, Gratitude, we are grateful. Um, We are real. Authenticity, I think, is incredibly difficult to come by these days. And if you can figure out how to communicate and behave with one another in an authentic manner, uh, then you have a chance to to, uh, form a team of significance where the whole is greater than the sum of your parts. uh, we are disciplined. Um, we have a, a, a sense of applying that to whatever we do in the classroom, on the court. Um, those types of things are the things that I, I think are the invisible threads uh, that tie us together. And anytime we veer away from those, and by that I mean it's not that they ever we ever cease to try to do them, but I think it can be um, without pain if you're not paying extreme attention to those things, they can quickly become secondary things. 
And that's when you veer off course just a bit. And if you go back to those principles and make sure that they come first and everything else follows, it's real easy to get the ship back on the straight and narrow. So I think they've been a guiding force through years where we've been incredibly successful and gone to the Final Four and years where we've gotten beat in the first or second round of the NCAA tournament. There's still the core principles that keep us back in the center of where we want to be uh, on the right trajectory. Well, it's clearly worked with 18 consecutive trips to the NCAA tournament. So, Coach, we're just going to take a quick break, but uh, we're going to be right back with Oklahoma women's basketball head coach Sherry Cole. You're listening to A Coach's Spirit on Voice America Sports. to the pros we we cover everything everything. let your voice be heard voice america sports now you can take your favorite voice america radio program with you anywhere sign up for our mobile app if you have an iphone android or blackberry the voice america interactive radio player powered by aircast gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere live and on demand no registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You are listening to A Coach's Spirit. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Feel free to also send us an email to info at specialspectators.org. Now, back to A Coach's Spirit. We're back on A Coach's Spirit, hosted by Special Spectators. Today's guest is Oklahoma women's basketball head coach, Sherry Cole. So, Coach, you mentioned a few really interesting uh, principles in the last segment, including this idea of paying attention and making sure that you're always present and, and therefore you kind of can anticipate what's coming next and apply those lessons. Wanted to ask you about lightning bolt moments or kind of a single final ingredient that you've added to your coaching philosophy that contributed to your success. I mean, maybe it's a moment where the attention thing didn't go well or something like that. What was kind of a an aha where you said, this is absolutely a vital principle going forward? Maybe it's that one. Maybe it's a different one. That one certainly stood out in what you shared before, but would love to hear from you on this. 
You know, I think I've been um, super fortunate. I don't know if this comes from a background of um, uh, liberal arts education, being steeped in literature because I studied English, having a passion for writing, and that heightens my observation. But I think paying attention has, um, I've always sort of instinctively felt like everything began there. Um, so I, I don't know that that's something that I necessarily have that has been a light bulb moment for me because I can't remember when I, I wasn't conscientious of that. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly doesn't mean that that I'm perfect at it or do a great job of it all the time. But it's it's all I'm always very very uh, cognizant of uh, the importance of observation and awareness. But I will tell you one thing that over the last uh, several years has been sort of an aha for me as a coach, and that is how important it is to ask questions and that the quality of the questions I ask uh, or we ask as a coaching staff elevates the level of learning for our student-athletes. That was um, sort of an aha that came to me in a strange sort of way um, because I, I think coaches innately are marvelous tellers. Like I am like rock star level teller. I can tell players where to put their hand, where to hold their head, where their next step would be. Right. They tend to tell, 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 tell. And people who are told, 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 told don't always remember real well. And when this really started to resonate with me, I had read a little bit about it. I've got this great book that I keep on my desk that's called The Question Behind the Question. The title of the book is QBQ. Um, so I've been aware of all that, but, but the aha moment for me was when, when my, I have two children, and when my youngest, my daughter, uh, got her driver's license, I realized that there was going to be this void in my life, um, that period of time in which I'd drive my children to school. I would never do that again. And it was a real tough moment for me mentally and emotionally, and so I made the decision that I was going to go to my bucket list. And two of the things on my bucket list uh, were learn to play tennis and learn to play the piano. And I couldn't decide which one of those I wanted to do, but I had for years really wanted to, to learn how to do both. So I called a tennis coach, called a piano teacher. The tennis coach called me back first. Needless to say, I will never learn to play the piano because I am now like knee-deep in tennis. Love it, love it, love it. Wow. I've been playing for about uh, four years now. But the aha moment came to me as I was learning to play the game of tennis. I'd never played it before, and as uh, my coach was taking me through lessons, I realized that the things that made the most sense for me as an athlete and gave me the greatest chance for improvement were when he would ask me a question. Why did you hit it there? What were you thinking here? What did that feel like? And all of those things would then trigger this learning that happened Uh, sometimes neuromuscularly, sometimes mentally and intellectually, but it would trigger all of this, um, not just, uh, it's not just that the information stuck, it's that the information stuck and made sense. And I began to trigger my players in practice the same way my coach was triggering me on the tennis court, and it opened up this whole other world of, how to teach, and um, I'm, I'm enamored with it. I can't get enough of it. I can't figure it out fast enough. So that's an aha moment I'm still in the middle of. Wow. That's a great, that's a great story. Great example. So y- you and your husband, Dane, will be celebrating your 30th wedding anniversary, which I understand is next month. 
an early an early happy anniversary to you. Uh, which also leads me to say that you guys got married when you were about two, three years old. I was going to add uh, that. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but your your son and daughter have been very active in sports. What kind of parent are you in the stands? Um, I I probably uh, bent over backward and uh, and maybe the opposite way that that people would think coaches do. In other words, I told my children both at a very young age, if you ever want help, you can come ask for it, but I'm not going to be the one that says, let's go shoot baskets. I'm not sure that, that I was entirely fair to them in that regard because I was so did not want to push them and did not want them to think that they needed to be athletes because that's what Dane was a baseball coach at the time, that that's what their mom and dad did, so that's what was expected of them. Um, so I, I kind of regret that I didn't um, invite that a little bit more. But at the same time, I wanted to remove the pressure from them. And uh, at games, I was very much the parent that kind of set away from the other parents um, because I'm not very good at, at being in the stands and listening to people. And um, <laughs> also just wanted to observe my kids as my kids were playing, not as, um, you know, in, in, in a town like this as, as the women's basketball Coach, I shouldn't say a town like this, but Norman's not huge, so everybody knows who you are, obviously. Sure. And sure. I wanted my kids to have the opportunity as much as was possible to um, participate uh, without me coaching them or without the the burden of trying to perform uh, in such a way that uh, would have some sort of reflection on me or Dane. So... Thinking about those other parents as a coach and based on what you've observed in those settings, if you could drill it down to a few pieces of advice you might have for parents of young athletes, whether, you know, those parents are coaches or not, um, what would those pieces of advice be? Three, three things you might convey. Well, the first would be to um, remember that the, the number one takeaway from participation in sports is it helps you be able to deal with life. So it, it's, of all the kids that participate in sports, very, very, very few of them will go to college to play that sport. And then fewer, fewer, fewer of those will ever go into the professional level. And yet there's sometimes this imbalance of looking at everyone's participation through that very narrow lens. And I think we, first and foremost, parents have to remember that life lessons are being taught through the participation in sports. There's not another thing of that magnitude that young people are involved in. So what a tremendous opportunity we have as, as coaches and, and youth sport coaches to uh, administer that opportunity in such a way so that people grow because ultimately what you are developing are life skills. So I, I guess maybe the, the universal application of, of the purpose of sport would be number one. Um, secondly, um, let your kid be themselves. Um, there's a lot of, of uh, living vicariously that goes on and uh, our kids are so unique. Uh, we, we should appreciate and, and laud their uniqueness in its, its uh, very special form. And then uh, third, maybe uh, honor the process. Just always honor the process. Spend less time on, on the result. We have a saying in our program that you, you don't win or lose, you just grow. It, it, it's all about what you learned from participation. And ironically, as we all know, if, if we've competed Many times we learn more when we lose than we do when we win, and our ultimate objective should be to learn regardless of the outcome. So 
to minimize the outcome and and uh, magnify the process. Coach, what's your team doing in the community? I know you guys do so much, and this is a subject that is near and dear to our heart. But if you could, uh, what what some of the th- what are some of the things that your team is doing in the community? Well, of perfect timing. This this didn't happen in the community, but it happened in the world. We just returned from a mission trip to Haiti. Uh, eight years ago, my assistant coach, Jan Ross, began uh, a Sooners for Haiti trip where our team uh, went to Haiti and worked through the Mission of Hope Orphanage and School and um, uh, helped their country. And it has since grown. Uh, there were football players, men's basketball players, a couple of volleyball players, a few soccer girls, a wrestler. There was a, a large group that uh, went just a couple of weeks ago and and uh, worked in that country. And it's a remarkable opportunity for our student-athletes. Um, it helps their perspective, obviously. Um, it, there are so many rewards I could list as a result of it, but, but that's one of the activities that we're involved in. Here on a local level, uh, well, a uh, matter of fact, I'll just go now to a, a, a United States level. I'll go from the world to the country. Um, this past year, as you may or may not know, collegiate student-athletes get uh, cost-of-attendance checks now. This is a new development by the NCAA. It's only a couple years old. And they get um, a check once a month that helps uh, not only with their room and board and food, but with some outside living expenses. When we began uh, trying to teach our team uh, a little bit of financial fitness, what to do with this money and, and how, they, how to make it how to be responsible with it. One of the things that we talked about was uh, philanthropy. And every year we play in a, in a pink game for the KEL Foundation uh, for women's cancers. And, of course, those are televised across ESPN and all television formats, and they're done all across the country. And yet we wanted our players to understand that, that putting on the uniform and playing provides a, pe- a platform, obviously, for awareness about the organization and the need for the uh, money for research for women's cancers. But the bottom line is the fund needs money for research. So how can we, for lack of a better term, all have some skin in the game? And so our team decided that each player would give $25 a month for an entire year, which allowed us to uh, write a check for several thousand dollars to the KEL fund. And so that's sort of the, um, I guess, the what we're doing in the country. And then from a state standpoint, uh, every year we're involved with a number of organizations such as Habitat for Humanity and Special Olympics and Special Spectators. And, uh, but we're also involved with, um, with certain philanthropic organizations, maybe a child advocacy center, maybe an aging services center. And we change that out through every four years. Every year we change it out. So our hope is that our student-athletes through their four-year career at Oklahoma, will have an opportunity to link into something that speaks to them at a goosebump level so that when they finish their education and their eligibility, wherever they end up, they'll seek out such an organization in the community that they're a part of and be involved. So um, that's sort of a thumbnail. I know that probably took a long time to get out of my mouth, but uh, we do a lot of philanthropy here and believe it's a, it's a foundational pillar of our program. What a powerful mix. Um, you know, we only have about a minute left, but within that mix, you mentioned special spectators, and there's something we have wanted to ask you about the chair, the leopard print chair that our kiddos love so much. They love sitting in it. Quick, uh, what's the history on that chair? It's very special to our kids. We'd well, love to know. Actually, um, it's now, we've, we've gone sort of a Dalmatian print that is um, <laughs> gray and blue. 
they'll appreciate it just as much. It's just just think as the um, wow. the leopard got updated. Um, <laughs> I always think that the kids like to uh, swing around in the chair and swivel in it as much as they like the the fabric, but. Um, it's part of our, our culture here that we uh, want recruits and their families and our players to feel at home when they're at our offices. And so our, our office area is very much uh, decorated to feel warm and inviting. And I love mm-hmm. the fact that our special spectators love to get behind my desk and uh, take pictures in front of my bulletin board and um, hold the lampshades with fringe on them. They love all that stuff. <laughs> and I love that they love it. So cute. Well, Coach, thank you so much for being on the show. But more importantly, thank you for the incredible days and access that you provide these special spectators. Uh, you really put them in the in the middle of it, in the thick of it. One quick story that I recall is you were you were going over reviewing your keys of the game right before the team took the took the court and. Uh, our, our special spectators were right there, and one year you, you turned to Hope and you said, and Hope, we've got to box out, remember? And her eyes just got big <laughs> like silver dollars, and I just thought it was so cool that you had those kids right there in the middle of it and had them uh, a, a part of your team. So thank you very much for all your support of special spectators, and uh, we look forward to seeing you this fall at our OU football event. Thanks, Coach. We are honored to be a part of it and love the football day and get to meet some of those kids and then um, get reintroduced to them when they come to our game during the season. And our players love having them in the locker room. So thank you for allowing us the opportunity to be involved with your amazing organization. Thanks, Coach. Thank you so much. And thanks for being on the show. Take care. All the best this summer. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. We'll take another short break, but when we return, we'll share the latest news on Special Spectators. This is A Coach's Spirit on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right from high school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you are listening
listening to A Coach's Spirit. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Feel free to also send us an email to info at specialspectators.org. Now, back to A Coach's Spirit. Welcome back to A Coach's Spirit on Voice America Sports. I'm Blake Rockwell. Kendall Allen. Along with Bruce Beauchamp with weather and traffic. So uh, we just finished talking with OU women's head basketball coach, Sherry Cole. What were what were some of your thoughts? What stood out for you in that conversation, which, which I really enjoyed? Yeah, I was going to say, for one, she's a great conversation. She brings some a mode of storytelling that you don't always get. She had some unique color. Really liked her um, insight based on her early Coaching influences, love the bit about um, balance and, you know, meeting women when she was very young, whose life she thought she might want to have because they kind of made it all happen. And everything from the household to the the game notes and all that sort of stuff. So I thought those were really insightful stories. And I just, I liked her way of bringing her experience across and also that she tapped into some guiding principles pretty early on and and stuck with them. So the idea of being present and paying attention and not letting anything go by, you know, that that wasn't a lightning bolt moment, that that's something that she believed early on and that persisted as being true, the value of that. So I like that. She discovered some things as she went along, but she also had some things from the beginning that she suspected were important and they were, and she stuck with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you speak of balance, it, it seems as if her approach as a coach and with her program is all about balance, too. Uh, obviously, they stress academics. They stress uh, community service and obviously play on the court and, and, and culture as a team. So there's definitely that, that balance as well. Um, and coincidentally, it's funny that the coach that kind of shaped her life and was her role model, two children, she coincidentally mm-hmm. has two children mm-hmm. as well. Right. But as she said during the break, you won't find an apron on her. She barely knows how to turn on the oven. Right. But uh, The other part that I thought was really interesting, uh, personally believing that there's balance and then there's also fullness. And balance doesn't yeah. always mean th- you know, that, there, that life is perfectly balanced between the obvious stuff. Good point. That there's a richness and a lushness and sort of an appreciation of a mix of things. I liked the account she gave on the small celebrations within. So she's creating a culture where, you know, in some cases coming from, you know, higher on the loss end, what are the things that we can celebrate and observe internally that kind of build up to that greater external show of force and win. So building that early on, you know, teaching her student athletes to appreciate the the milestones and the mini moments within the larger moment. And I'm sure it takes over the course of, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior to really get that down. But it sounds like that it's something from the get-go she encourages and her kids are picking up on that. Yeah, definitely. And there's someone else that we should mention, another woman at OU that we should mention who's been a force and who has been extremely important in Special Spectators and its success at OU, and that would be Annette Moran, who I have known since, I mean, she was there the very first year that we were at OU back in 2004, and uh, here we are, 2017, so this is going to be our 14th year 
this upcoming season will be our 14th year at OU. Annette has been there the entire way. She's been a force. She's been unstoppable in creating the itinerary, the design of our game day experiences at OU, whether it be with the football team, the women's basketball team, men's basketball, women's gymnastics, the baseball team. She has been key. Uh, to say key, that's that's dumb. She's been more than that. She has been a force. She has been. Uh, she has embraced us uh, incredibly, and uh, and you know we need to thank Annette as well for being a big big part of everything that's been going on at OU. So thank you, Nettie, if you happen to be listening. Also, she was a tennis player, so maybe mm-hmm. Annette and Coach Cole should hit the court and <laughs> hit a few balls back and forth, see what happens. I'd love to see that. Well, OU is a great example, too, of our vision that you all hear us describe. One day being all sports, all seasons, collegiate as well as pro. And you know, to that end, we're doing all kinds of things to build it out. But the additional coach relationships have been great. The enthusiasm across the different teams and OU really exemplifies that. So we should probably just take a moment and update on our schedule and our plans for rolling out the schedule because we have a lot of return schools as well as some schools we're going to be some doing. brand new ones. Where we're going to be doing more, some yep. new ones. Yep. Yeah, so, so what's the update? So, uh, well, let me just say, first off, uh, don't forget this week, uh, June 1st, we'll begin revealing our 2017 college football schedule. Each day, we'll announce one Special Spectators game day experience. So starting June 1st, visit us on Facebook, Twitter, where we're at Special Fans, Instagram, where we're Special Spectators, or our website, specialspectators.org slash events. Check either of those daily to see if and when we'll be spending the day with your favorite team. So far, we have secured about 30 commitments from our collegiate partners. And as you said, some of them are longstanding partners. Some of them are brand new. And uh, over the course of the next maybe four to six weeks, we expect that number to grow to about 50 to 55 game day experiences for the 2017 college football season. That's based on the conversations that we've been having with various athletic departments over the last uh, one to two months. So uh, it, it's a long process to, to do all this and to you know put all the logistics together for our game day experience. But uh, what all of this means is that our 16th season – will be our biggest ever. We're already in eight of the 10 largest media markets in the United States. We'll probably host somewhere around 1,000 to 1,250 patients, parents, and siblings this season. So if if you or your company would like to be a part of this, be a partner in providing one of the absolutely greatest days in the life of a seriously ill child, then become a game day event sponsor or a corporate partner. We're offering three corporate partner levels, a Hall of Fame level for $2,500, an All-American at 1000 and an Honor Roll at 500 plus a full assortment of sponsorship packages, no matter your budget, we offer a sponsorship level for you. So if you would like to learn more about how you or your company 
can get involved with special spectators and one of our game day experiences or a package, a, a grouping of multiple game day experiences, reach out to us at info at specialspectators.org. Just to provide a little bit of color on what that looks like, too, as um, Blake mentioned, we are nearly set at 30 and we're planning for the biggest season ever. So we're running a little bit early on that. And that's been exciting because it gives us even more time to work ahead with our partners in the athletic department, with the hospital, and really envision the day. So as an experience goes, we've got, you know, start to finish, multiple hours that we're working with, everything from the tailgate to the locker room tour to the time on the field to any number of special touch points and experiences within it. So as companies get involved, maybe they're underwriting some of that, maybe they're making a donation, or maybe because of who they are, an auto company or an apparel company or a local restaurant, they're able to really jump into the mix and do something cool within the experience itself. So we're talking to a number of folks about particular game day experiences or multiple game day experiences where they'd like to get their product involved and not only back us and help us do what we do by a little bit of donation, but do something really cool with the product itself. So we have a lot of time to work with, which is exciting because we've got 30 on the drawing board right now, probably 20 more to go. Easily. And we're having some really great conversations. So as you think about getting involved or friends or family, you might want to suggest it to just imagine what a nice fit it might be depending on the area in which they do business, what what type of product or what type of service they have and how it could play nicely into the experience itself. Not, not only that, but think of it as a way for maybe an employee incentive program where Hey, well, let's have your employees as our volunteers right there on game day. So, uh, and, you know, vol- employees are going to want to do this so many that you're going to have to figure out a way to, uh, you know, come up with a, a manageable number. Obviously, we can't have 30 employees serve as volunteers, but maybe a nice incentive program for employees to serve as our volunteers, be right alongside these kids as they are going through all the different and exciting elements of our game day experience, whether it is in the locker room, on the field, uh, and and obviously there in our hospitality area, which we, by the way, we want to make it the best dang tailgate on campus. So be there right alongside us um, you know, helping us create these VIP all-access game day experiences. We are going to take another quick break. When we return, we'll have a little bit more update and news on Special Spectators. This is A Coach's Spirit right here on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to A Coach's Spirit. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Feel free to also send us an email to info at specialspectators.org. Now, back to A Coach's Spirit. A Coach's Spirit coming to you from New York City. I'm Blake Rockwell. And I'm Kendall Allen. And Bruce Beauchamp with Weather and Traffic. So I want to update you on our Campus Captains program, which, if you may recall, we launched a couple of months ago. Uh, Recruiting has kind of slowed down a little bit just because um, we want these college students to focus on their finals. And uh, But to, to remind you, our Campus Captains are ambassadors for special spectators who are students at Division I FBS colleges across the country. And um, we have, right now, we have about a little over 70 campus captains uh, across the country representing 14 universities. We want to have more campus captains. We want more schools represented. So if you know of anyone, a college student at a Division I FBS university who you think would love to be a campus captain, campus captain, our ambassador at their university, as well as creating an incredible VIP game day experience for seriously ill children at their school's athletic events, go to specialspectators.org. Once you go in, pop-up window will appear. Click on that. It'll take you right to the page where you can sign up to be a campus captain. And just to put this in the framework of our overall team, and Blake doesn't always share this, but I but I like to, he has in place and has for some years a volunteer force nationwide of over 130 folks. And these are people who help with game day activation. This is an entirely volunteer organization, including Blake and team. And it's already a mighty force. You add to this, these wonderful campus captains, we're just so excited about it because it adds a new muscle to what we're doing. Yes, it adds more people and that's great, but we haven't necessarily had people on the ground 
on these campuses who are that tapped into the day-to-day helping us. You know, here and there we have, but our overall volunteer force of 130 plus people is all different ages and backgrounds and things, and they bring different talents and skills, and that's excellent. But we are so excited to have like eyes and ears on the ground on campuses coming up with fundraising ideas, really bringing that passion and that current student's perspective to what we do. And again, as an all-volunteer organization, we just think it's incredible that we now have this multi-layered group of people going at it for us. And it's very exciting going into the season knowing that we have that. Definitely. And and the other key thing, as you say, with our volunteers, are about 135 across the country, not all of them live close right. to the campus where they are hosting the game day experience. I think of our good friend Rich Williams, who's mm-hmm. right here in Jersey City, and uh, he he runs our event and right. has for the last several years at his alma mater, the University of Illinois. Um, so having someone at Illinois to kind of help support Rich's efforts in the weeks leading up to game day is going to be really vital and is going to be uh, a huge, huge help for us. But... Um, you know, first of all, let me just say that this group of campus captains is incredible. These are, I mean, I love talking to them because they're bright, they're young, they're energetic. I'm none of those things. And uh, to be, I mean, it, it feeds off of me. Uh, but, you know, I can share with them 15 years of experience of doing this and provide them a vision of what where we want this to go, what we want it to be, and they have great ideas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that we're going to be working on this summer, actually, we're going to be launching this this week is kind of a, an apparel project. So creating a special spectators line of apparel, which, again, is nothing that you want me involved in. I mean, look what I'm wearing right now for crying out loud. The tank top is not pretty, my friends. No, it's not. But... Um, you know, having these cool kids design stuff that cool kids are going to like, right? And so um, they're excited about getting involved in that and coming up with designs and, and creating that. But also helping with the core of what we do on game day, which is, you know, a fantastic hospitality area where we can host these kids and their families and feed them and entertain them and really make them feel the love, the warmth, the comfort of uh, of everything that we're trying to do. So we, you know, these campus captains are providing and coming up with great ideas to really make our hospitality area top notch, really comfortable, uh, fun. Because that's what we're all about. We're focusing on the fun, and that's what game day does. And so, you know, they have so many great ideas. They're getting other students involved as well. Um, you know, an important part of what what we do is is creating wonderful content around our game day experience. So whether it be in the form of of fantastic photos and touching video and incredible written stories, um, you know, recruiting some some of their fellow students who might be a photography student or or someone who really loves photography to capture all of these wonderful pictures or a journalism student to write a great story and interview the kids and their families and get fantastic quotes from them as well as communication students who you know might want to create a wonderful video of our game day experience so there's 
a whole slew of things that we're focusing on and um, you know they're helping us with that our campus captains are helping us with that and also helping recruit other students maybe on their campus I mean most of them are but some of them might be friends from home or high school who go to other division one FBS schools and recruiting them to become a campus captain at uh, at their university so uh, it, just really excited and you know want this group to um, get as big as it can and succeed and uh, I'm just really excited to have them on board what's the mode this summer how are we going to be working with them over the summer in anticipation I know they're most of them are taking finals right now yeah so we're gonna working with this project this uh, building a special spectators kind of line of apparel mm-hmm. um, that as well as just kind of some early outreach for some ideas that we have on particular hospitality areas. Um, some schools, you know, our game day experience may not be till later in the season. So, you know, it's, we've, we've got some time to figure some things out. Other events might be happening earlier in the season in September. So it's kind of, you know, a little bit more involved in in the game right. day preparation and planning mm-hmm. there, but um, you know, and and recruiting fellow students right. and groups and organizations within campus, all to really help, uh, you know, make this game day experience right. so the, incredible. The connection into some of those student organizations will be really powerful too. Just sort of school by school, I know that looks different, but I think engaging these folks on what are the organizations where we need to get some visibility and make them aware of what we're doing, I'm sure they can help with that. Also very exciting to imagine um, connecting in with some of the the campus-based editorial stuff, school papers and social media networks and the like. And I'm sure that'll have a different flavor depending on the school. But I think that's an area where they can really, really help us once, once, once school has started, but maybe those are some of those connections that could be made now. Yep, and and also reaching out to companies in in the local community there as well, uh, talking about sponsorship, talking about you know providing some sort of service or product to make our game day experience even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, personally, I would love a popcorn machine at every. <laughs> Every hospitality We area. love our popcorn. We love our popcorn. Or, or an ice cream machine. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, make Sundays. Have the kids make Sundays. A cotton candy machine. I like that idea. I mean, and that, how popular would, would that be with kids? So, It'd be very popular. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's what we're looking to do. And, uh, and if again, if you want to be a campus captain or you know someone who does, go to specialspectators.org. And you will see a uh, little window pop up. Click on that baby. It'll take you right to the page where you can sign up to be a campus captain. So uh, that's it for today's show. I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I, you know, having a different kind of mixing it up a little bit. Having Sherry Cole on was awesome. Different voice, different sport. Different, uh, yeah, all of that. So Great stories. Th- yeah, thank you, uh, Coach Cole, for being on the show. And uh, we will be on again next week for another uh, fun episode of A Coach's Spirit. So join us next Tuesday. Well, first, let me say thanks to A-Rod, our engineer, and executive producer, Robert Cellino. And uh, join us next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on A Coach's Spirit on Voice America Sports.
thank you for tuning in to A Coach's Spirit. Be sure to join your hosts, Kendall Allen and Blake Rockwell, next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have an incredible week ahead.